This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 659 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. On today's USDF show, we talk to Alex Belton about USDF educational programs, and then Kristen Brown about schooling show awards. After that, Louis Denizard is back to talk about engagement, and we'll finish with discussing a listener's light bulb moment. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, and how are you? How's uh, Loxahatchee and, and the whole Florida <laughs> scene? You know, I mean, we uh, maybe saw, I was walking my dog and we saw an armadillo. That was that was exciting. Uh, the horses didn't see it. I we saw it on a walk and a uh, fairly large alligator. Uh, so you know our nature continues here in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely continues. That's awesome. But all good. Yeah, all good. Maybe a palm frond fell from a palm tree while riding. That was also pretty entertaining. But uh, in general, no, no, it's it's good. You know, we are cruising right along here. We're actually, you know, only here for a couple more weeks. So. This is always the time that I'm thinking, like, who have I not seen that I want to get together with? And, um, you know, the shows are going on. Next week is Nations Cup, uh, and that's going to be really fun. Uh, this week, there's a para CPEDI going on at Global. Um, so just a lot of fun stuff. The Challenge of Americas is tomorrow night. So just a lot of fun stuff going on, uh, doing some training. Big Mike is really starting to pee off like a big boy. And so that's super fun. So it's fun to see that development. So really everything is going along. I'm going to knock on some wood just because we have a few more weeks left. Um, but it's been very good, uh, very inspirational. I was able to chaperone the Dressage Foundation's International Dream Program on Saturday last week. And that was the program I chaperoned going to Aachen. Uh, and I had the girls for a day. And that was so much fun. We're, I'm working on getting them on the show for us. But that's a great program. And, and you know, I'm not going to lie, being a chaperone, you get the benefits of being there. Um, so special shout out. We, we were at Adrian Miles' barn. And she was so generous. Adrian um, has been a recipient for multiple grants through the Dressage Foundation. So she is incredibly generous with her time. Betsy Giuliano, her sponsor, came, spent a lot of time with us. Uh, Jennifer Williams, a lot of the people we've had on the show, um, they just were so awesome. And George Williams, uh, the Bills, Bill Warren, Bill McMullen, they spent time with us. Beth Hayes, uh, we went to her shop to have a bit discussion. So it was all so good. And um, I'm not going to lie. I was like a kid in a candy store also listening and peeking into their conversations. So uh, stay tuned. We'll get them on. But yeah, just fun stuff now happening and um, starting to think about wrapping up the season, which is just crazy. It feels like it's gone really fast. That happens. It happens every year, Reese. Yeah, we know I that know. by now. 
I know. And and the best part is actually the last day I get to see you and Meredith. Literally, we leave. You're going to be here. And so I'm so excited to see you in a couple weeks. We haven't actually seen each other in quite some know, time, two quite years or so. So yeah. it's going to be so fun to spend time with you and Meredith and just laugh. And it's just great. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So yeah, but we've got a great show tonight. We're going to get started um, and we hope you enjoy all of our guests. And we're going to have a commercial break from USDF and get the party started. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, for this month's USDF show, we are so excited to have education coordinator Alex Belton on the line. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. We were laughing before we got on the show on how many calls we've actually been on with each other. So it's fun to have you on our show finally. Yes, definitely excited to be here. (laughs) So you wear so many hats, but tonight we're going to talk about two different things that you do. We're going to have you back on because you do like 85. So we're going to eventually talk about all of them, but let's just get started about the two programs we're going to chat about tonight. Sure. So you were going to start talking about the GMO education initiative. That sounds very fancy. Can you kind of give us a, a rundown of what that is? So the GMO education initiative is where GMOs will host um, an educational event for their members. Um, It could be a clinic or a symposium. It could be a ride attest clinic. It could be a camp or it could be an unmounted event. So there's a large variety of options that the GMOs have. And then they can also apply to a for a $1,000 grant to go along with their program that they're hosting. Oh, that's fantastic. And these are these are really cool events. So tell us, how does one find, you know, let's say I'm a GMO president. Thankfully, I'm not right now. Um, but how would I go along or, or someone that's organizing a clinic? How would I get involved with this program? Uh, so on our website, under the education tab, we do have a whole page for the education initiative, and that gives you all the information about um, formats for the events, guidelines for the organizers, and how to apply for the event, as well as the grant to go with it. I love it. And so it sounds like it could be a lot of different things that you're thinking about, right? So don't be shy about applying if you're doing an unmounted, for example. Right. Yeah. We have had um, like nutritionists and um, equine attorneys and sort of all walks of the equestrian life present for these, not just mounted events. And then it's sort of the same thing um, when a GMO runs a camp, you can um, invite those other non-mounted instructors to share their instruction with the attendees. Oh, I think it's fantastic Um, because, again, I think now – we're in person is starting to happen. I mean, down here in Florida, the, the in-person events are starting to kind of pop up, which is so nice. So uh, hopefully there will be more events that will happen. Um, but if you're still not comfortable, could you apply for a virtual if you were, were doing a virtual event or is it all in person? Um, these events typically are all in person. Cool. Okay. Just, I just curious on how that worked. Fantastic. 
Well, your next topic is the education library, which Phil and, Phil and I are huge proponents of, of reading books. We, we have a book club because we really uh, feel like there's actually a lot of education out there that you can get. So tell us, what is the education library all about? So the education library sort of encompasses every sort of reference or resource that you could think of that USDF has um, collected from various authors, instructors, videos. There's a little bit of everything in there. And um, members who access items in the education library do receive a quarter of a university credit for each of those items that they go through, whether they're watching their video, reading the article, or whatever. Okay, so you have to talk about what university accreditation is because that's, uh, you know, for people that don't know. And actually, I don't, sometimes I get something in the mail and it's very cool, but I don't actually know how I got it. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have some of these and I have them on the wall because I'm like, this is cool. But I'm like, how did I get that? So yeah, can you course. tell us a little bit about what those are? And so asking for a friend slash me. Yeah, sure. So most USDF events or um, items from the library and some of the virtual events as well. Um, they offer um, USDF university credits. And then at the end of each year, those credits accumulate and you would receive either um, a USDF university diploma or a certificate. And there are a bunch of different levels um, from the certificate level all the way up to, I believe, the platinum diploma. And it depends on the number of credits that you receive in a year. So we send those out annually, and you can earn multiple certificates or diplomas within one year. Philip, do they offer it for Canadians? Because I feel like Phil should <laughs> just have gotten these just because he goes to a lot of events normally for with oh, us. Yes, definitely. Um, so it, since they credits would be applied to any of the online events, you can earn them that way, and then they would be sent to wherever you are. That is That's so pretty cool. cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. But you have to be a USDF member. Oh, yes, yes. No? you should be. You should be filled <laughs> by by honorary uh, co-host yeah, status I, I for a, sure. I need an honorary uh, USDF membership, and and then I could I could get my credits and uh, have a bunch of diplomas on the wall like you. Yeah. Well, it's just because we we cover a lot of them, so they sometimes that's why I I, I forget that you know we did events for, for usually for the podcast, and they come. It's so cool. I love it. Um, so, Alex, um, are there any virtual events? this month because I re I really got into the virtual events probably because I was bored during COVID but I really enjoyed <laughs> them because it was a great time to sit down and, and hear some great speakers. We do actually have one coming up on March 19th. Um, it is an introduction to the USDF amateur and junior young rider handler classes um, and that what? is with Shay Johnson, Caitlin Gallagher, Aaron Bell, Christy Wysocki, and Natalie DeBerardinas. Yeah, see, she does amazing events. Alex, we got to talk about getting some of these people on our show. I don't even know what that is. So I'm going to need to listen to that a virtual uh, event because that's amazing and super cool. Definitely. I love it. Well, I hope everybody sees Alex literally wears tons of hats at USDF. So Alex, how can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions about all the programs that you run? If anyone has any questions, you can reach me via email. Uh, my email is abelton, B-E-L-T-O-N, at usdf.org. Fantastic. Well, I love it. And I love the virtual events, everything you guys have been doing. You guys really, during COVID, had to, I'm sure, become tech geniuses because now you guys are amazing at it. Um, and it's really <laughs> cool. So 
you know, I appreciate all that you guys did during COVID to keep education rolling when we couldn't do in person. So um, thank you. Thank you. And I hope everyone gets in touch with you because you do host some amazing events and all typically free for members or most of them, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. All of the um, virtual ones are free for members. Yeah. So cool. Well, Alex, thank you so much. And we hope you have a great evening. Thank you. You as well. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advance, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advance contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Kristen Brown. She is the Senior Competitions Coordinator at USDF back on the show. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are really looking forward to it because I'm not going to lie. We were just chatting before uh, we got on the show. Um, You were talking about the USDF Regional Schooling Show Awards Program. And I am excited because I have a young horse and my assistant are going to a lot of schooling shows right now. And I think it's such a great thing to do with young horses or people new to the sport or honestly, people that just want to get out there um, and, and maybe not have the whole recognized competition stress or price. And uh, so I wanted to hear about this program. So Kristen, take it away. Tell us about this program. What do I need to know for my youngster? Well, I can help you with all of those questions. <laughs> so the the USTF Regional Schooling Show Awards program offers opportunities for yearly awards and regional rankings for USDF group members who can compete in non-USDF licensed, non-USDF recognized competitions. So it's different from our year-end awards program, which requires a participating membership. For the Regional Schooling Show Awards program, you have to have a group membership. And then the competitions that you can earn your scores in have to apply to participate in the program, and you actually have to attend those competitions that have applied, and we have a calendar on our website by state that can show you all the different competitions that apply and are available, and then you earn those scores in those competitions, and then you submit your scores on the website, and it is that easy. And then 
the, the program year is a little bit different from our regular USDF competition year for recognized shows. This program year is um, December 1st through November 30th each year, and we offer four award divisions, junior young rider, non-professional, adult amateur, and open, and we offer those each per of our nine USDF regions. So we have the four divisions in each region, not just nationally. That gives you more opportunity to have regional recognition and be ranked among your peers locally. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I love it. I'm literally making notes right now because I'm like, we need to to do this. And it seems like it's pretty it's pretty accessible via the website. Um, and is. I, I it's yeah. Awesome. Everything is located on one page. All of the links. It's it's all under the awards tab of the USDF website. In the performance column, it says regional schooling show awards. And all of the information, the competition calendar, the nomination form, the competition application, and all of the resources are housed on that one page. So it's easy access. Love it. I like I like easy because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork that I'm terrible at. That's fantastic. So um, I love that there's four divisions. Um, and so once you submit the forms, that's all you have to do, correct? You do. Well, you have to go out and. Earn the score. You have to go to the competition. Yeah, you have to actually go to the shows. Yes, <laughs> right. for sure. The nominee application is it's a horse rider combination. It's available on our website. The yearly nomination fee per horse rider combination is $35. Um, we, um, we being the USDF Regional Schooling Show uh, Program Advisory Task Force, met earlier this year to discuss some ideas on how to improve the program, which resulted in the 2022 awards actually, or the uh, the rules actually being updated. And so if you go to visit the USDF website, you'll see big red print where it says that the rules have been updated for 2022. And we're excited about that because I think it's going to make the, it's going to be more user-friendly for the nominees and and make their experience even more enjoyable and easy. Yeah. So tell us what are some things, because again, um, you know, as you go up the levels, people are less and less nice about the rules coming off of CDI. Like they're like, the rules are published. It's your responsibility to know the rules. So how does that work in the schooling show? Is it, is it, there's a learning curve or, you know, fairly easy and friendly? Of course, it's always easy and friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm jaded right now. It is not at the international level, but that's that's a different story. But um, it, but it, this is a great way for people to to get involved with the sport, right? And and it's supposed to be fun it and is. great to to dip your toe in the water and and like you and I discussed earlier, not have the stress of the recognized shows, along with the expense. So for the schooling show program, you know, as I stated previously the rider must have a USDF group membership. The good news is, and we've clarified this in our program rules, there is no membership requirement for the owner of the horse, and there's no USDF non-member fee. Cool. Also, for 2022, beginning in 2022, for the nominees, if you want to nominate for the program at this time, you can now nominate any time through the program year. So if maybe you you went to a couple of these shows and you decided, oh, I don't want to do this, and then 
I don't know, you had an epiphany at some point in the future. And and Hmm. let's say in August, you were like, I do want to join the program. I do want to participate and I want to nominate. Well, the good news is if you competed in January, February, March, or April, and you decide in August that you do want to nominate and participate, you can nominate in, in August and those scores earned at those shows that participate in the Schooling Show Awards program you can still submit those scores and have those scores count. Cool. I love that. That's great too. Um, And again, um, you know, this is such a great opportunity for my youngster, but I also have a youngster niece uh, and she's going to some of her first tour shows. So this is a cool thing that I'm also going to do with her. um, So she can, she can, you know, she's just excited. She was like, how do I earn ribbons? I was like, oh girl, I'm, I am, I'm your aunt for this. Um, So it's such a (laughs) great thing for juniors as well. It is. We do have a separate junior young writer division. Speaking of the divisions, I want to touch briefly on the adult amateur and non-pro division. Of course, the the professional division and or open is is self-explanatory. Junior young writer, I think, is pretty much everybody understands that. Adult amateur. The only difference between the adult amateur and the non-pro divisions is that. To be eligible for the adult amateur division, you do have to have a current USEF adult amateur card. Okay. If you are an adult amateur, but you don't have a current USEF adult amateur card, you don't have to compete against the professionals. You just go in the non-pro division. Oh, cool. So you're still competing against, you're still competing against adult amateurs, but you don't have the you, you don't have the expense of the USEF adult amateur card, but you don't have to be ranked against people that have more experience with, than you do. So, oh, that's great, cool. Wanted to touch on that. Also, too important about this program, we actually recognize introductory level in this program, whereas in our year at USCF Adequate USCF Year End Awards we only start at training level and go through Grand Prix. The schooling show program offers recognition at introductory level. So especially like for your niece, if she's out there and she's in introductory A, B, or C, she can use those scores and and be eligible for the schooling show program. Oh, that's so great. I can't wait. Like I said, there. I think there's, what's so nice about USDF is there's literally programs. It will be her first horse show and it was my little baby's first horse show. So uh, literally all the way up the levels and it's such a cool program. So we are so thankful that you came on to talk to us. And so how can we find you online if our listeners have any more questions about the program? You can find my contact information on the USDF website. It's real simple, awards at usdf.org. Um, you can email me just about any awards question. And if I don't know the answer, I will find out the answer for you. But before I go, one other important update for the 2022 awards that I want our potential um, nominees to know about is we've lowered the score requirements. So the score requirements for all of the levels, and there's introductory training through fourth level, and then the FEI levels are combined. The score requirements have been lowered starting with 2022 that you only need three scores from two different competitions that have to be awarded by at least two different judges. So very easy to, you know, hopefully secure those scores, go to those shows 
and you know and and get those those scores. You do have to submit your scores through the USDF website. There's a um, there is a nominee score submission guidelines on our website, which will walk you through the process. Very easy. Just use drop down boxes. We verify the scores through the competition results that are submitted, and we automatically rank people in the standings as they meet the score requirements. I love it. I love it. How fun. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about it. I know we're going to be using the program this year, so I'm looking forward to going to the website and figuring it out as well. So Kristen, thank you so much for your time tonight. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. The Horsemanship Radio Podcast is dedicated to the advancement of great horsemanship throughout the world. Monty Roberts often stops by to present on this podcast, hosted by his daughter and legacy strategist, Debbie Roberts-Lauks. The show includes segments, tips, and interviews exploring effective training centered on the well-being of the horse. This multiple award-winning podcast has 1.6 million downloads to date. Horsemanshipradio.com, sponsored by Hands-On Gloves and Monty Roberts University. Well, tonight, I'm so excited to have Lou Denizard. He is the trainer at Delante Dressage here in Wellington, Florida. Lou, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Reese. We love it. You're always one of a fan favorite and one of our favorites when you come on. So we're so glad uh, able to grab you during season. It's it's that time of year where we're all, it's a, it's a busy time for all of us, but it's super fun. Absolutely. Yep. Very busy, but. <laughs> Well, I love it. We were talking over the fence the other day, actually, on topics for the show. And and I love that you came up with engagement. I don't think we talk about it enough. And it's actually a pet peeve of mine because a lot of tests, the judges like to put more engagement. So what is what does that mean, Lou? Help us out. Yeah, well, you know, when you when you look up the definition, it starts to talk about the lowering of the haunches and the compressing of the the pelvis in order to push from behind and create that uphill impression. And so when I think about engagement, I think where everybody kind of goes a little bit wrong in the concept. Not you know, not everybody. I mean, it's it's some people that are quite good at it, but the idea behind it is I think it starts at its infancy with the students when they're learning how to teach a horse to push towards the bit properly before engagement can be initiated into a horse. And so um, for me, the first thing I always do when I'm discussing it with a student is I first talk to them about that if I gave them a pair of crutches that were two inches too tall for their armpits, and I said to them, okay, here, here's a pair of crutches. These crutches are too tall for you, but go ahead and put them out in front of you and now try to walk yourself over them. And I say, that's over engagement. That's when the hind legs are too far under the body and the horse is desperately looking like he wants to come out from underneath you. So then I say, okay, same crutches, two inches too tall. When the crutches are behind you, and I say, okay, now bring them forward. That's disengagement. That's when the hind legs are too far out behind the body. I said, so your job as a rider is to figure out between going and half halting, how to make these crutches magically get normal size for you or for the horse, which is the hind legs we're referring to here, till they swing through evenly. Once that begins to happen, that's when compression can begin to happen. That's when the weight can be bared down. But if the horse doesn't understand the function of the hind leg enough, 
then they struggle with the whole idea behind it. Oh, I think I think it returns to back, you know, back to, you know, how does a horse want to move freely in the paddock on their own, not work more or less. Right. And they want to you can see them, you know, when they go fast, they they lower their head, they they lower their shoulders and they take all of the weight onto the front legs and the hind legs are just coming along for the ride. That's right. You know, they they come along because they have to because they're attached through the spine. True. And sure. and so, you know, our job as riders and as, you know, dressage riders specifically is to have a horse that works more through his whole body. And, you know, but the, the way that I try to describe this to, you know, to the very beginners or somebody who's just come for a lesson and, and whatever is just to say, your job is to slow the front legs and speed up the hind legs. And if you can, if you can achieve that, there's lots more complicated parts to it. But if you can achieve that, you're starting to get that horse into a better balance that will be more beneficial for the horse, for you, uh, for somebody watching, for everybody involved. But uh, that's, I mean, that's a very difficult process, but that's, that's where it starts. That's what I want, you know, a rider to have in their mind. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that that's an important part of it. And I I break it down to engagement and disengagement so that the rider knows that if I say to them, you need to half halt and feel a disengaging moment, that they yeah. know what that yes. feeling feels yep. like. Or yep, if I say sense. to them, you need to slow down and engage so they understand at the same time how to bring the hind leg further under the body. Because I think the mistake is, is that everybody chases the legs into a rhythm without any awareness of that if the pendulum of the hind leg doesn't swing evenly back and forth maybe that horse is out of its rhythm and isn't going to be able to sit down for us when when the time comes and carry the weight of the rider and be able to you know perform the movement so that that's extremely important to me and my teaching of of people that they understand that yeah and that's one of, that's why it's a pet peeve of mine when the judges say more engagement because right. More engagement. You could pretty much always say, I mean, even Vallegro, sometimes he actually yes. got too engaged. But really, it's right. some things you could be really critical and say, well, oh, you need, it needs a little more engagement. But it's a dangerous comment to me in a yes. way because, like you said, if if you get too engaged without mm-hmm. the rhythm and, and watching that they – you know, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? You have to be you careful that the yeah. level of engagement is matching the level of the riding. Like, you know, if you're riding Pre St. George, the, yeah. yep, 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 and the strength of the horse, right. and you know where it where it's at, where it's you know at in the time. I, I agree completely. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an easy comment to say, but I think it's a little bit more intriguing on actually what is meant. Right, exactly, and that's always my thing with it. It's like, whoa, that's a loaded comment because. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you said, if you just it's a it, it can be dangerous because someone could go home and say, "Well, I'm going to engage him more." And then, mm-hmm. you know, two weeks later, they're like, why is my horse not sound? <laughs> because- yeah, yeah. Or why is he climbing the walls? Yeah, why is he climbing walls? Or croup up because he can't yeah. put his croup down. You know, it's, it's kind of right. like I can't go to the gym tomorrow and do 50 squats. Probably right. not. Like, I mean, I probably could do it, but I'm not walking for four days after. You know, <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> you know so it's like, wait, there, there is some level. And that is where you have to really work with, with your trainer and figure out, you know, how much balance and where do they need to be? And then quite frankly, how many reps you need to do. Right. Because 
Yeah. That that is so difficult for a horse to have to carry that balance, and and how long can you do it for? And you know, it, it's a building process because of the strength. Um, Absolutely, I think th- that's why I always get I always get a little annoyed with that comment. It's my least favorite yeah. comment. <laughs> well, yeah, as, a trainer, as a trainer, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to just go in and you know like go back to the warm up. Oh, let's let's just fix his engagement, and then we'll yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll go in, yeah. and now we'll get better scores. I mean, it's. It's one of those things, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot of context to that comment, but you know, what I try to encourage riders to do is to maybe talk to the judge after the, you know, after a class or, you know, find an appropriate time to maybe have a little bit of discussion to clarify if, you know, if the judge remembers your test and your horse and and whatever, I mean, that's, they they see a lot of horses and stuff, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, like we've talked about it, it's a really different, you know, it's an easy comment or, to make on the end of a test or something, but I, th- I think it does need a little clarification and, uh, and specificity. There we go. Um, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And it's context, what, what it means. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and then I think that sometimes, you know, as I'm sure you guys will agree that sometimes horses can engage more with one hind leg than the other or disengage more with one hind leg than the other. And then you go into a lateral movement or so, and that's a little bit what causes that uh, long, short idea or uh, not looking, you know, balanced enough in the movement. And so, you know, how do you help riders understand that they can influence the leg that's either too engaged or the hind leg that's uh, too disengaged on helping the horse to develop that strength so that then they can maintain whatever engagement level, whichever one's better, less engaged on one or more engaged on the other in whatever it is you're doing, shoulder in, half passes, um, you know, pirouettes and so on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think it's a great topic and in one, you know, where it's good to watch videos um, there's, there's lots of books out there with it. Oh, sure. uh, so I think that's, sure. that's good to, and, and this is a point, you know, if you have questions, this is a great time to ask your trainer, um, yeah. or, or ask questions because this is, this is a, a little bit more tricky one, um, yeah. as you go through the levels and changes. It doesn't, it's not just the same. If you're at first level engagement's different than if you're at second level, than if you're riding. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, Lou, another great tip. We are so thankful. How can our listeners find you online? Uh, they can look for dressagedelante.com and that's my website and they can find out all they'd like to know about me there. If not, they can come by and visit me at Kim Jackson's Mayfair Oaks in White Fences, Loxahatchee. And uh, if they see me, they're welcome to stop me and ask me any questions from the podcast or anything else. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lou. That was great. Thank you guys. Give your horse the bold and beautiful style they deserve with a trust design halter. From custom hardware to padded calf leather topped with colorful patterns, trust design halters will turn heads everywhere you go. They are truly one-of-a-kind designer halters. Visit trustdesign.com for more info. That's T-R-V-S-T design.com. For this week's Trust Design Tip of the Week, we've got a great light bulb moment from one of our listeners. Yeah, so we've we've asked people to write in to us, and we we got we got some replies. So we're gonna just kind of I'll, I'll read through it on the show, and and we can talk about it. 
So this person said they grew up riding hunter jumpers and the trainer didn't really do a good job of helping her correct her hand and arm position. Well, yeah, okay, that's not as important as yeah. <laughs> hunter jumpers. Is you know, this is a common problem. Somebody switching over from from uh, those disciplines and and into dressage. So common issue. She had a pretty bad case of chicken wing and piano hands. So I think those are good descriptors. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> yeah, been told a bunch of times that elbows in and thumbs up. Yeah, we we say that a lot. <laughs> and it felt uncomfortable. Well, you know. Uh, the correct writing doesn't always feel the most comfortable when you're trying to um, fix a habit. So yep. understandable. Yep. Um, the other day she was with her instructor and they were talking about how the hand and arm position has an effect, either positive or negative on, you know, the horse and the contact. So this person, you know, the, the instructor finally explained it that when you pull on the rein in a certain way, It'll collapse the bit together and pinch the horse's mouth. And if you have a better hand-arm position, it won't do that, and the horse will appreciate it. So she, you know, kind of finally really anchored the arm to the side, which which we like, and can easily keep the hand upright and helps the bit to have a better effect in the horse's mouth. So you know, riding around, keeping this image of the bit and how and how the shape and, you know, and how it's supposed to work, you know, in, in the mouth and, and with the contact gave her the ability to ride better with, with more of a correct position of the arm and hand. When she did that, all of a sudden the horse's contact became more steady and kind of fixed all of the, all of the contact problems. So this is this is awesome. We love we love hearing about these moments and we love, you know, sharing them between our community and, and helping people to ride better. You know, what, whatever it takes to get there to, you know, all, all of a sudden one day be like, oh, that's, you know. Yeah. So any imagery or whatever of things that 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 help people to, you know, uh, connect to the horse better or fix a problem or not even, it, it seems like with this one, it's just like she was creating a problem because of the position, right? And and we have to remind people that the the, the position, the ideal position is not only pretty, but it's it's more effective and, and has a better result in, in how the horse wants to be ridden. That's really important, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, even, even now with my rides and, 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 you know, being told what to do by my instructor, bad habits are, are hard to break, but when you do break them, like everything just starts to connect better and, and have, mm -hmm. and have a overall, uh, effect on, on how the entire ride goes, especially if we're yeah. talking about something like contact. Oh yeah. And, and I think this is such a common problem. Honestly, I mean, so I know this because um, I have used a method that Andy Thomas taught me. He's the U.S. Uh, physio coach for riders, and he uses kinesio tape. And I've started doing this on pretty much most of my riders. At some point, we'll get the tape. But you basically take a piece of kinesio tape, and it's it's pretty. And you know, kinesio tape is adjustable, so you're not locking someone's arms down. It's just tape. If they need to move their arm, the tape will fly right off, no problem. So there's no safety hazard with it. But you literally can tape from your wrists, and and think about. I'm trying to give the visual the wrists, and it goes all the way behind your elbows, 
behind your back to your other wrist. And when you're riding, you basically can't move your arms. Does that visual work, Phil? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and it's such a great tool because number one, just like this, this listener felt that light bulb moment of when she was quieter, the horse was so much happier. The contact was so much better, right? That's so important. And that is exactly what happens when you have those steady hands. So really appreciate that. And I've started teaching almost everybody like that and it, it helps them feel, but it also helps them exactly what this rider felt, how much better the horses are. So, and how much they appreciate the soft contact. So, um, I love it. There's other ways of doing it too. You can even put just some rags or, or something underneath your elbows and you ride around and try not to lose the rags and maybe have a friend around to help pick them up because it's actually harder than you think. And then there's another way you can do it. You can put just a, a light exercise band on the width of your arms and you have to keep tension on the band. And that is a great way to feel where your contact needs to be. So there are ways of, of teaching yourself how to do it that are, that in my opinion, are fairly safe um, from a safety standpoint. I don't like, you know, but when we were kids, people would put whips behind our backs and, and I don't like doing that to people because I don't like tying them down. Um, but really just to have your body feel that is, is so helpful. So yeah, I think it's a great tip of the week and definitely something that try, give it a try because uh, I think it'll really enhance your writing. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We love the light bulb moments. Keep them coming because I think they're so great to have them and, and bring them to everybody. Cause I'm sure if you've had them had one, maybe that can help someone else. And we love that community aspect. And as always, the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors. It's Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Music